Hi guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is Ekta, as always. Um, and I'm really excited about our guest because this is a really, really cool brand. And I love just representing indie brands in general. I love discovering new and amazing brands every day. So um, without further ado, I'm super excited to introduce you guys to the uh, mastermind and, you know, founder, creator, <laughs> and also uh, cosmetic chemist, you know, on the low, like she doesn't tell people, but Rhonda Davis, thank you so much, Rhonda, for coming. <laughs> thank, you. thank you for having me. No, it's my honor. I'm so excited because I, I love how you just like threw that at me. Like, I, you know, for everyone listening before I, uh, we started, I was like, so is there anything else I can add in your title? And she was like, oh yeah, I'm just a cosmetic chemist. I'm like, yeah, you should have <laughs> <laughs> told me that. But anyways, okay. So I want you to tell us everything, Rhonda. I want to know everything. Like, how did you come, um, into this journey of a year of beauty and like really where did it begin for you okay so you want the from the beginning like how yeah I like, we we like the beginning the beginning here like it's like like oh, tell wow. us the whole tale because yeah it's like a, it's a story you know it's a story so i uh, i love you know hearing it so yeah wherever you want to begin well cool okay so i majored in chemistry in college but okay. I didn't immediately go into the cosmetics industry. I was a chemist for the Department of Justice. Oh, wow. And yeah, that's what most people say. Um, and nothing against the United States federal government. I want to put that out there. Or the Department of Justice. But I didn't, I didn't like my job. Yeah. I really considered my job. And I was unhappy. And... I wanted, I was 22 years old at the time. I wanted a career. And yeah. I just didn't see yeah. a career there. And one day I was talking to my father over the phone and he could hear how unhappy I was. And I just told him, I don't like. What was it though? Why, why, why didn't you want to do cosmetic chemistry for the long run? No, no, no. I was saying for. Oh, like before you decided on cosmetic. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. you were in chemistry, you said. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So. Um, my dad asked me if I could create a career out of the three things that I love, what would those three things be? And immediately I answered that I love science, I love beauty products, and I love contemporary art. Oh, wow. And my dad started laughing and he says, and I quote, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you always figure it out. And I love that. It's really it's really interesting because I've, I've listened to your podcast and you talk about, you know, how the universe and how things move. And it's really amazing how the universe will move with you when you're ready to make a change. Oh yeah. And yeah. too long after having that conversation with my dad, I was watching TV and there was a short segment about cool jobs. And there was this yeah. woman who created, I don't remember her name, but she created um, the makeup shades for MAC Cosmetics. Oh, wow. And they were following, yeah, they were following her around. And in her office, she had, you know, pictures of art and nature. And she created these shades for beauty. Okay, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you continue, I have to tell you this because you literally just said, you just said about the universe, right? And how it brings things to you. Tell me why two days ago, I literally journaled in like, I haven't journaled in the last three years and I journaled about art and beauty. 
Oh, what? Wow. Like, I, I don't know how this just, but you know, for me, this is, that is like whatever people say, you know, like a sign or whatever, but I think that's really yeah. ironic. That's really, okay. Anyways, please continue. But I just, wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and it's, not, it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. And when I saw this, it was a, it was, it was a short TV segment, like less than two minutes. I was just over the moon and I didn't do anything with that information, but the universe came knocking at my door again right after that. And I used to be a beauty product junkie. And so, again, not even maybe a week or two later, I'm tossing out beauty products in my bathroom. And I just so happened to turn the bottle around and I started reading the ingredient listing. Yeah, yeah. I have chemistry background. I love this. See, this is why. This is why I'm just. This is literally why this is gonna be an amazing show. FYI, for everyone listening, we just because the chemistry is. We just finished addressing that. That people who don't get chemistry are not gonna get the names on ingredients, and that's not a problem. That means that there's literally an organic chemistry terminology that you're just not familiar with. Go. Yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. It's so it's so funny because. Um, I was an undergrad originally I was a biology pre-med major but I fell in love with my organic chemistry class that I switched my major to chemistry my junior year so I love organic chemistry I know I'm a weirdo most people don't like organic chemistry you're not a weirdo you're just brilliant dude (laughs) like that was like the hardest class what the heck by the way everyone's listening no, she's a nerd. Okay, listen. Everyone listen. <laughs> organic chemistry was the nightmare of medical school or pre-medical school. And it was like, no one liked it. And we all had to take it. And the people who were really good at it, we looked at them like, you're, I love you, but annoying. Like, you're annoying that you just get this. And yeah, okay, I get it. So yeah, I just, I just well, wanted to, yeah, you know, embarrass you a little bit. Because... <laughs> oh, no. Well, initially, I didn't really catch on to organic chemistry and I had to buckle down and study hard because I had a scholarship and I couldn't withdraw from the class so eventually it clicked for me and I just fell in love with it so uh, back to what I so I started reading the ingredients on the back of the bottle and I could visualize their chemical structures yeah and it was really yeah it, it was a a real revelation kind of, yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I would just jumped up and I was like oh my goodness somebody makes this I had never thought or put two and two together that somebody a chemist created these products these beauty products that we love and you know Ecta yeah I don't want to give out my age but this is over 13 years ago when this happened yeah. for me well you're it's a science it's a science career so I, they take forever but yeah, yeah no but and, what a what a what a message you've gotten out of that though after going through i mean yeah. i'm really want to i just want to say like bravo because you've really taken away okay. this like no seriously, what you just said is fundamental to a true scientist i mean would you not agree that it's like we I, when you when you approach science it it mesmerizes you and you can see it right yeah. like that's the real tale you know I agree. Yeah. And, so, um, but yeah, yeah. Continue. Yeah. And so that, and immediately I ran to my computer, I typed in makeup science 
and that's when cosmetic chemistry popped up. Um, at that time, there were only three schools in the United States that offered a graduate program or master's program, and um, I immediately applied. <laughs> there was no doubt. There was no question. There was, yeah. yeah, there was no I knew. I knew that this was it. And, um, yeah, the, the rest is history. I actually, um, it's funny, though, because I was accepted to, so at the time, there were only three schools. So yeah. University of Cincinnati, Long Island yeah. University in Brooklyn, New York, and Farley yeah. um, Dickinson. And I had my eyes set on University of Cincinnati. That's, what, I'm, I an alum. I'm, I'm a Bearcat. I'm an alum. I have four degrees. Oh, you are? I have four degrees from University of Cincinnati, both graduate. Y'all, I am a Bearcat through and through. Yes, that's amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. But yes. yeah, that's cool. Oh, my goodness. What are the odds? So I, I had my I eyes set on University of Cincinnati. I was yeah. accepted. My cousin went there for law school. I have family in Ohio. I'm from the South. Ohio was not far away. My yeah. parents used to live in in Dayton, so I felt comfortable with Ohio. Yeah, Univer- the universe yeah. had a totally different plan for me. Um, unfortunately, at that time, there weren't enough students enrolled for the program, so we were going to have to wait another year. I could yeah. not wait, so I went with my second option, which was Long Island University, and I moved to Brooklyn, New York. And it was by far one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Yeah, but UC would have been better, though. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but that's amazing. Oh, my gosh. I love that you, you know, what I really, my favorite part of what you just said was when you said, well, you know, I'm from the South and Ohio is not that far. And I love that you said that because I'm not joking. Growing up in Ohio, this is something, the biggest misconception, like I internationally get offended when people have a problem with Ohio because I'm like, hey, listen. It's a good state. The Midwest isn't that far off in terms of the hospitality as the South is. You know, we're very like we're a good mix. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So, I, um, you know, but I want to know, like, so okay, so you went down this journey and you, you know, like you got into the master, you, you just did, you know, the normal career path. So then where did the idea come in of this, you know, becoming this entrepreneur and just kind of like not working for anybody else? Um, after 10 years of working for other companies. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I mean, uh, don't get I hate the way I asked that I, question too. It was so like, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like, when did you say like, screw it. And then just, I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> I, so I was working for a private label manufacturer. Yeah. And I was, I didn't feel like my, ideas what I brought to the table were being appreciated and um it was frustrating it was it was really frustrating and again another conversation I was sitting in my car and I called my dad my dad and I have a wonderful relationship and he just said to me why don't you set out on your own you know what to do you, you've worked in the industry for all these years. You've made all these contacts and networked with people. You you know what to do. 
Yeah, like he believed in you. It's like, why aren't you? Yeah, yeah, just do it. He believed in me and he told me, stop doubting yourself. Yeah. You you are equipped with only the knowledge, but also the skill set and the tools needed to do what you need to do. And from there, set out on my own. Wow. I love that. I love that. I so isn't that isn't that weird how sometimes like especially when you're younger like you just need that one person in your life to just yeah. say, "What are you doing? You're brilliant." You know, like go do it. Whatever you want to do just go do it. That one person. And that's really cool. It was your dad. I love that. But yeah, so yeah. he just said, "Go for it." And you went for it. So okay. So what was next? So um I decided I had this was back in 2014, 2015. And I had had several people reach out to me, you know, saying that they wanted to develop their own products. And so what I did was I started my own consulting company. And so I would help create prototypes and yeah. then I would help those clients and put them in contact with private label manufacturers so that they could do scale up. And then I began traveling and I would do um, packaging design and, you know, going back and forth to China and other countries, sourcing packaging. So it really, I had the network. It was just stepping out on my own and doing it myself. And I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and I still do it. I've kind of pulled back a little bit, especially since COVID. And yeah. Um, yeah. I really enjoy being able to assist other people into becoming beauty entrepreneurs. Yeah, and it has I love been really, teaching. It's really yeah. big reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, you're, it's like you know, the, that's the thing, though. It's it's ironic to me that you know people who. I, you know, I always end up finding this commonality. I should say that because this feeling of they, you guys, it's like every single one of you has this feeling of just, I need to do something of meaning. Like that's where I think I get mesmerized. You know what I mean? Because I just really, you know, when a person says that and like, especially the way you described, like how you just, you know, that there was a trigger and you went and you just went for it. Like, I think that exists only in the minds of true truly creative individuals and I think creativity implies like you know just a very specific type of intelligence you know so I just find it as a commonality like founders of these beautiful products that are in the beauty industry specifically are really really smart people like they're just they're chemists you know what I mean and they're doctors and they're it's just a that I love that about you guys like as a community you know what I mean and in, in beauty like oh, in the beauty yeah. industry yeah yeah, I mean, I like, I yeah. like, think I'm part of it, but yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I just, I just wanted to say, like, that's really cool. And that, thank you. And you know, to go back to what you said, what made me, what prompted me to step out on my own and become an entrepreneur is that, like you said, we are scientists, we are chemists, um, even medical doctors, dermatologists who are beauty founders. Yeah. While we may be. We are also, like you said, creative people. And the yeah. ability to not use the science background and the knowledge that we have to create a tangible product, everybody can't do that. And so you have no. to pat yourself on the back. Anybody that's listening to this podcast right now, pat yourself on the back. 
like that that is an amazing thing to do that is I completely agree I think entrepreneurship is the most um unpredictable most like you have to be extremely strong you have to you have you get tested like on every part of like who you are and like what what do you really want and like you know all that stuff you get tested on all that as you go through like I think entrepreneurship so I 100% agree with you I yeah it's you know it's a big thing and so that's honestly you're answering a big question everyone always asks me this like what do you want to do what's going to create anarchy and I'm just sitting here I'm like well, what do you think I I am doing? You know, like it's like I'm listening to right. amazing people and I'm listening to the story of your beautiful brand that you created. And I think that that is, you know, it's a huge moment like it, that we can learn from in your life. And, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm trying to say like, I'm, I'm answering a question that I've had before, you know, presented to me about like, well, you know, how do you, like, what do you want to do with your interviews? And I just want to clarify, like, I think what I'm, Rhonda's giving me the ability to do right now is just say, like, show you, like, listen, like these people are like, you know, they're, you guys are amazing. And so, yeah, thank you for, you know, oh, just bearing well, with you. me. But, yeah. No, thank you. I I, I just want to, so let me, let's talk about a year because I want to talk about the products. I want you to obviously uh, share what you love, you know, about the, about the brand and everything that comes with it. Okay. So initially, okay. So let's go back in 2019, my hair was coming out in clumps. Oh my gosh. It was bad. And for those that may not know me, I have a head for, you know, had a head full of hair my hair was literally to my nape my navel it was thick and whenever I washed my hair more hair went down the drain and it was a scary moment it was a scary time because I thought that there was something wrong with internally with my health yeah that was ruled out um we thought it was attributed to stress yeah started meditating or all these things that's great but my hair was still coming out and I'm not going to say what brand it was but I was using a shampoo and conditioner from another a competitor brand and come to find out I was experiencing irritant and allergic contact dermatitis so pretty much the ingredients mm-hmm. in the shampoo was causing my scalp to be inflamed. That's nuts. I can't believe that. Like, I, I can't believe that we are just now like coming out as an industry and talking about this. Cause you, you're not the first person, like just person. I'm glad you went out and like found a solution and are doing that. But like, there's so many people yeah. that just, just now are saying this, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, but continue, please. Yeah. So. All of that time, I didn't know it was a shampoo and conditioner, and I was still using it. More hair was coming out. And so once we were able to pinpoint it, I, I stopped using it, and I was scared. I was scared to use any product that was in stores. Yeah. And so I just said, you know what? I've created shampoo formulas in the past with private label. My expertise was skincare. But I had to create something to save my hair. And so I approached the shampoo and conditioner just as I would approach skincare. Yeah. And it's so ironic, so interesting now that 
a lot of shampoo and um, hair care brands are talking about scalp health and scalp skin now. Yeah, and, that's what I meant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I was working on that in 2019. And so when COVID happened, you know, we're in quarantine, mm-hmm. can't really do anything. I use that time to really focus on the formulas that I was creating for myself. And I was able to create a an effective formula that was yep. gentle enough but also cleanse my hair and my scalp, but also detangle and put that moisture back and that hydration back into my hair. And my hair has been thriving ever since. Oh wow, I love that. I love that you actually though, because I'm I'm not gonna ask I'm not gonna um lie, I'm gonna ask you like about the chemistry, like as a chemist when you sat down, like what was that journey like? Because that's very different from someone who's not who doesn't have a background, right? With like the terminology and stuff. So like so what did you where was the starting place like for formulation in general for you? Like in terms of like did you just sit down and say, I know I need this, 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 and this in the formula just because you know as a chemist, like, you know, what should be in that? Or how was that? Like what what was the research part like? So it was not easy. I pretty much while I was formulating, I had to retrain my way of thinking. Yeah. And what I had been taught in school or on the job. That it was not always black and white. And one of the things that I really wanted to focus on was that I didn't want to have to go through what I experienced with the, the my hair coming out with the shampoo. Um, I, I wanted a formula or gentle formula that could cleanse my hair that didn't cause me inflammation of sorts, right? Yeah. And so I started really researching surfactants and all surfactants are not are not created equal right okay tell me tell me more though seriously like I love that (laughs) elaborate what do you mean by that I'm gonna pick her brain like seriously because you I I want to know so there are there are surfactants that are really harsh and um they will strip the hair and the scalp and these surfactants it can end up doing more damage than good because what I noticed, and and this is what our, um, a part of a year of beauty, is that it starts with the shampoo. Yeah. yeah. The shampoo is cleanse, but it should not strip your hair to the point where the hair is now dry. Right. And as I was formulating, I had to choose correct surfactants. I had to choose complementary ingredients that would um, also condition the hair, detangle the hair. And so when we get into hair care science, you're, you, you're in medical school. Yeah. Our, hair has, our hair has, most consumers don't know this, but our hair has a negative charge. Yeah. And so yeah. a lot of ingredients that are used in the cosmetic industry for hair care they have a positive negative neutral charge or no charge at all (laughs) and so you want to I wanted to make sure that I chose the right ingredients that would create a blend that worked 
that worked well together. So I, love I chose that. right. Yeah. So I wanted to choose a I wanted to choose a mild surfactant that was sulfate free, um, okay. non drying, and then I coupled that with positively charged ingredients. So when you wash your hair, some consumers may not know how this how this works from a science point of view. But when you shampoo your hair, your hair already has a negative charge. So that yeah. surfactant is to pretty much go around and get the dirt, the oil, the grime. Very similar to like in the in the color cosmetics industry where we have makeup removers and you have that um, my micellar technology. Well, you're, if it's negative, you're just trying to put something on there that's going to neutralize and then let, remove it, right? So it's like, yeah, like like you have like a coating already on your hair and then you're just trying to make something to bind, I guess, a coating and then just be able to like pull that coating off with it with the bonding. So like, yeah, I think, is that right. correct or am I wrong? <laughs> no, you, you are removing the dirt and the oil and the grime and then that is rinsed down, rinsed, and rinsed off the hair. But yeah. when you add these positively charged ingredients, those are able to attach to the hair. And right. so choosing the right positively charged ingredients that attach to the hair, condition the hair, provide slip so that it can detangle, that was really important. And it took me a minute to, to create that blend um, to the I point where ask you, I, I want to Rhonda, I want to ask you a question right here, because while you're there, like mentally, I want to know this, if this is like how this really works is like the curls, you know how they teach you sometimes like the curls, like curls are held together, like they're, it's hydrogen bonding that's dictating like how tight it is. Like, is that Mm -hmm. really true? Like, is that really like you found that to be true? Like, in terms of like, just creating a product and like, if you're trying to make, I don't know, I mean, like when you're trying to make the ideal like hair condition, you know what I mean? Right. So our hair, depending on, um, so if you have straight hair, you yeah. have an even symmetrical. Um, so in our hair, there is um, cortex, the medulla, all these structures. And if you go to our website, I do have a blog. I have started that. And that the first blog post actually goes into um, the structure of our hair. And Perfect. how it, it's Perfect. created. So if anybody yeah. wants to go, you can go onto the website and there is a blog post about the structure of our hair. So in our hair, yes, we have amino acids, proteins, all these things. And so, you know, we have that um, sulfur, disulfide bonds, everything. So all of that attributes to the texture of our hair. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah no I know and I think that's the best answer you could have given and I know it was a very weird question but like I, I for, for everyone listening the reason I asked was because that's a lot of like um like I'm waiting for hair care to do what skincare has been doing which is really breaking down like some of the key questions right and like one of the biggest questions is always like what keeps hair curly you know like what is the reason right. hair is curly right so, and everybody tells us and I've always wondered is this true is this true because I've never studied it you know <laughs> so like is it 
it true that hydrogen bonding is what dictates how curly your hair is? And so that's what they told us in school. So I'm just like, hmm, I wonder if, I, I don't know. So like, but that's interesting. That's why I asked. <laughs> but um, okay, so oh. I want you to continue on the brand journey. I want you to tell me, Um, so, you know, you were explaining just, you know, the formula and like the whole concept. So just wherever you want to start with that. Right. So um, once I got the formula to my liking, because again, I want to reiterate, I didn't set out to create a formula to start a beauty, a hair care brand. Yeah. I created these formulas to save my hair. Right. And once I, once I started, you know, getting compliments from family and friends and they're like, you know, your hair looks good. Like, what have you been using? And then I told them and it just spread word of mouth. I was, I wanted to create a formula and product that I would use. Right. I created, I created it for myself. And the main thing is that this is a product that has been used by men and women from various ethnic backgrounds and it's not just for natural curly hair it's for color treated hair it's for chemically processed hair if you have straight hair wavy hair coily hair i wanted to develop a system that effectively cleanses the hair gently cleanses the hair and detangle really detangle the hair to avoid knots because that's what I went through. I also, my hair, it was coming out not only from the inflammation, but also because the surfactants in that competitive shampoo was causing my hair to tangle up and, and there were knots. And so yeah. my main focus is to gently cleanse the hair, detangle with ease, Put the moisture and hydration back into the hair so that you have hair retention. Right. That's yeah, that makes sense. My no, it makes sense. And I love that you started, honestly, I love that you started that I created a product for every ethnicity. I feel like people need to take massive amounts of notes at that point <laughs> for saying that because I think if you can, as a brand, like that is the first thing you can say about your brand, like you've done something very good and correctly you know and I think that's oftentimes entrepreneurs miss that because they get so caught up in this like you know just the extra stuff I guess or or trying to make sure that you know they're falling into the right niche or you know whatever all the all the stuff that comes I mean I don't know I but the point is like you know you have to just come at it as a true scientist in that sense you which is what you did you said I want to make something that works for everybody regardless of you know this or that or this yeah so I love that. So and then when did I you... Also... Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, no, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. As, also as an entrepreneur, and, you know, like I said, I have helped other brands and companies and entrepreneurs launch their own lines. And one thing that I would always tell them is, hey, start small. Yeah. If you have two or three products, that's great. Make sure that those two or three products, even if it's just one product, that is it, that that product is effective. Because what yeah. happens is now you're creating 10, 15 different products for 
numerous hair types or different types of customers, pare it down and focus yeah. on and start small. And that's what I wanted to do with Ayara. I, I love I, that. I, I, I wanted to start small and we have four, three, we have four products. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Ben, you know, I really just want to say that, like, I think that point is, uh, you know, it is so huge what you said. And I think that's somewhere you have to really focus, especially in business is the idea of like, how much do you create? Why do you create it? You know what I mean? And like, what is the real reasoning for it? So I really love that you said it the way you did, because I think that's a very straightforward way of approaching entrepreneurship. It's like, make sure that every product you come out with is truly something that deserves to be on the market. You know, like just, it's right. like, a it should be adding something. And I, and I really, um, you know, exactly. I just, I, yeah. So I, you know, in terms of hair care, so this is, this is a question I have about, because obviously with skincare anarchy, I'm trying my best to cover not, you know, one industry, but just beauty, what we think, you know, all these different industries that make up beauty and for hair care, like in the hair care industry, I've never understood how um, it works in terms of like, if you launch a brand, I mean, like, is that the same thing you have to go through in terms of being like at distributors or like, you know, uh, for example, if you want to be in a Sephora, is it the same process and any other beauty brand? Or is it like, like, does it depend on like what kind of product you're selling? Like, I want you to basically tell me any stories you, you really saw along the way about, you know, you oh, know about being here. Yeah. Oh, so so yeah, it follows the same process as a in care or color cosmetics. Um, yeah. And so then, you know, even when you're developing and creating products, um, you know, what types of ingredients you're using, um, cost, uh, is it effective? Um, keeping costs low, um, scale up. Because when you, when companies, you know, if you're trying to get your product into a Sephora or Ulta or Target, you don't, you, you want to, when you're, when you're getting your product in those stores or if it's a boutique, they're not purchasing your product at its retail price or value that you have. They're, yeah. they're, part, they're ordering this at a lower price. So you want to make sure that, and a lot of, Unfortunately, a lot of entrepreneurs who want to enter the beauty space, they don't realize this. So you have mass, mastige, and prestige brands. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for with Sephora, um, Neiman Marcus, all these types of stores. Then you have mastige, which would fall under like Target. And then you have mass stores, which would be your Walmart, CVS, Walgreens. And so when you're developing a product, you have to keep that in mind because you don't yeah. want to price your, you want you don't want to price yourself out from being able to be on the shelves of some of these stores. Right. Yeah. That so, I, that's a really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's the same process 
as for skincare and color cosmetics. That's so interesting. Yeah, because I mean, I didn't, you know, I never knew. It's like, who decides like what's what ends up at Sephora in which category? You know what I mean? Like, I was always wondering about that because it's like, is it a different form you fill out? I don't know. But that's pretty cool, though. I mean, I mean, I I just I'm wondering in terms of like really the aspect of accessibility, because, you know, I really feel like as an industry of just beauty, um, we're at a point right now where I think people are just finally tr- starting to understand that you need to find brands you really identify with in the sense of like, you know, what you believe in. And like, there, there's just a lot more, right, that's going into consumerism now. And now I think the big question I have looking at that trend is like, what are we going to do about accessibility? Because you've got brands that are answering questions you know what I mean like you're answering a question through your brand you're answering the question of what hair care product is good for anyone to use something you can take and you know someone's not gonna you know what I mean not be able to feel like they can use this or you know whatever so we're giving the answers I mean you you guys are giving the answers I'm just wondering like what is what's happening you know at this point in terms of accessibility like are we expanding it like you know what I mean is Sephora accepting more brands is also accepting more brands so I always just wonder you know like I really feel like that's going to be the next like big thing in this industry and like what is becoming like the next glass ceiling because you know I'm not gonna lie how many how many women do you know still that are still going to Sephora Ulta that's their first go-to place for beauty you know what I mean like if they want to discover brands and stuff yeah so it's like you know i would love to see a year if i you know if i go oh thank you yeah that's what i mean yeah (laughs) it's like yeah yeah it has definitely shifted um and especially with e-commerce you know like you just said yeah Yeah. most people aren't going straight to sephora you know they they find these brands through social media But there's like a process though, right, Rhonda? Like there's like a process about like how we interact with products. And I mean, come on, like when you go to a Sephora, right, and you see a brand... And it's like, it might be a little new, but it's like, you're reading and you're reading and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And there's that impulsive vibe feeling of being in a store and just really wanting to try this product because you just found it. I mean, that, I think that should be a fair thing that everyone has enough access to, right? Like, I feel like that, you know? Yeah, like, I just feel like it's it's just something that we need to do now is like, let's expand the slots, you know, have have that be a more like an actual place of inclu- like just even more inclusivity because Sephora is good at inclusivity. They're just, I feel like right. they're used to be more. They, yeah. yeah, and they have the 15% pledge program. Um, yeah. They have their Sephora accelerator program. So, you know, I think if more stores actually did that, and had more opportunities I agree I totally agree with you yeah I can yeah I just I know it's super tangent but yeah I just wanted to address that because I I think it's important you know but um I I wanted to move on because I I think that it's um really interesting that you only have four products and I want you to really give me the reasoning like what when you were approaching this as like okay I'm creating a hair care product slash line and then you're trying to figure out what are the most important hair needs people have and all of those like, you know, data points, right? Like what was, what were the big hallmark pillars that you knew that like, you, you just explained one, it has to work for everybody, but like, what were, what were some of the other ones that you were um, making sure you met? So the other ones I wanted to make sure that I met was that it detangled. Yeah. And oftentimes wash our hair, we 
we don't really expect the shampoo to detangle that well. We usually rely on the conditioner to do that. And I you know, would sit down with people and just really ask, like, you know, how many products are you using? And yeah. for women, you know, some people were using five or six, maybe seven different products. And I think, you know, just to achieve a certain style. And I think that's just completely unacceptable. Yeah. And yeah, like how many curly curling creams, you know, do you know of? <laughs> There's like 50,000 curling creams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, and especially after coming after, you know, coming out of COVID. I mean, we, we we're still dealing with COVID, but people have lost their jobs. Money is tight, right? And yeah. consumers don't have that extra cash to be shelling out on five or six or seven different products they need to they want to know what they're purchasing is going to work so not only about making sure that it works for various hair types that it's effective it detangles and it puts back that much needed moisture and hydration in the hair and so when i was formulating a lot of times people think, oh, if it's moisturizing, it must be greasy. That is not the case. Yeah. So, now, I want you to, yeah, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. And so I made sure to incorporate in the products vitamin B5, hmm. okay. hyaluronic acid, plant-based oils that, you know, have vitamins A, D, and E. Um, amino acids. There are other ways to hydrate and moisturize the hair, and the yeah. product does not have to feel or look greasy. And so, by doing that, that opened up an avenue where women and men with various hair types could use it. So, if someone uh-huh. has fine hair, if they use the product, it's not going to weigh their hair down and feel greasy. If someone Dude, screw has... fine hair. Are you kidding? Like, I, I have a giant forest growing out of my head and it gets tangled <laughs> up. Like, I mean, seriously, oh, no. like, I... I mean, I have so much hair. I'm not kidding. I'm, I was always that person that I would go to a stylist and they're like, well, you've got plenty of hair so we can take, you know, layers out. And I'm like, okay, go ahead. You know, I've had so much hair. So the oh, detangling okay. thing for me as a consumer is a huge thing. Like I look for exactly. specifically detangling sprays. Does it detang? I have to go through so many products. So yeah, for me, like, I mean, yeah, okay, you have fine hair and I love that you've created something that is fully inclusive and any- everyone can use it. But I want to just take a second and say, it's much harder to do that. And then also recognize that like, there's a lot of consumers there's a huge population of consumers who really that is their primary hair care need is detangling it's not always styling or you know what I mean it's like just making sure your hair isn't clumped up or knotted up or you know because yeah more ethnic types of different types of hair we have like it's thicker strands biologically so they get like you know tied up and knotted and I think that's important to understand that And, you know, even for textured hair or you have straight, I mean, if you don't have coily hair or if you have wavy hair, the hair will get tangled up. So across the board, everyone wants a detangling product. They want a product that is going to cleanse, not 
that's not going to irritate their hair, I mean, their scalp, that's going to detangle and put that much needed moisture and hydration back into their hair. Exactly. Everyone exactly. wants healthy looking, shiny hair. I completely love and, that. And You know, I I think it's important to understand that, like, you know, simplicity really is, like, very complex. And it's, like, in in the way that it's, you know, as cheesy, I think that just sounded so cheesy, but it's true. Like, you know, to attain simplicity, to attain simplicity, you have to have a complex ability to really interpret complex things. And I think, especially, you know, since we're talking about chemistry here, one of the most complex things <laughs> that you could, you know, understand. I mean, it's like, you know, it just makes you realize like, you know, the need for true professionals in these industries. And that's why I, I think like, you know, when I, I, people always ask, like, how do you refer to yourself as a pod? Do you say you're in beauty or business? And I say beauty, because this is all, like, even if I said science, it's all there. And I really want to go back to your point earlier about art, because genuinely, science is an art. Mm-hmm. And you think like an artist when you're a real scientist. And that's why they create, like, most people who really are very more, much more like, you know, their science excites them. That's their genuine passion. In whatever subject it is, they will create something because it's like painting or it's like, you know, it's just yeah. this love for art innately that's in them. So it's like when they create something, it's going to be very, it's going to be like poetry almost, you know, it's going to have all the things yeah. you need. To, so yeah, I mean, I think that's a cool point You're to right. really point out. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. I love that. And I love um, Ayura and I love the name. Where did you get the name? Like, is that like a family name or how did you come up with that? No. So, you know, even throughout this podcast, the main thing, you know, we've been touching on um, finding your purpose and, you know, things are not, you know, a coincidence. And during 2020, I did a lot of self-reflection and I thought about, you know, my entire, you know, the timeline of my life. And we are all chosen. So a, a year is of African origin and it means chosen one. Oh, wow. And this past, you know, and just as I, you know, told my story on this podcast, podcast, I didn't just fall into this. Like yeah. this was not a coincidence, you know, in the universe. And, and I was, I truly feel that this is my purpose. I found a career path. I love what I do. I'm able to create things that can help and be beneficial to other people. I was chosen to do this. And we're all chosen. We're here for a reason. We are here. We have to find our purpose. And so when that just kept coming back to me and I looked it up and I came across this name and it was meant, and the meaning is chosen one. And I said, that's it. And so, wow. beauty. I love that. And I love that you said what you said, because you're right. If you look at from any angle, scientific or not, and, and, you know, it's, there's a purpose to all of this. And whatever that purpose is, like, once you really know what it is, or what it at least the beginnings of it, you just, you have to follow it. And it's, I love that, you know, that's really 
genuinely like my favorite quote ever of all time and Mary Curie said it and she's been my only scientific idol like my whole life is Marie Curie and she <laughs> literally said exactly what you said like just rewarded because she's you know it was the whole you have to figure out what your calling is and you have to do whatever right. it takes to follow that calling that's literally what she said and it's right. true and I I really believe that like it's it's about just recognizing that you know you, if you're drawn to something if something is really making sense and things are clicking in places they should be clicking and you know what I mean like that's the sign like go for it go do it yeah. you know so but yeah thank you so much Rhonda I have you know I have to keep our uh, you know within that optimal length for audio but like I could talk to you for <laughs> hours dude I really could I think you're a, you're well, a wonderful person I would love that. I would love for you to come back anytime <laughs> just to chat, just to complain about non people who don't get organic chemistry, terminology, anything, you know? I I'd love it. So yeah, I just want to say thank you. I it was such an honor. It is such a privilege to be able to speak to women and entrepreneurs and scientists such as yourself for me. I, you know, it's it's amazing. So thank you. And I can't wait for you guys, everyone listening, please go check out Ayura Beauty. It's A Y. Okay, a year. So um, now I'm going to tag everything in the concept art, obviously. But yeah, check them out. Um, leave some comments, some feedback. If you have any questions about where to find products or anything at all, please reach out to us. Um, you can email us just through our Instagram, you know, profile overview thing. So but thank you so much, Rhonda. And I am thank so grateful. You. for it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.